In this premiere episode of The Boob Report, I have three of my most trusted friends joining me to talk about how each of them dealt with my sharing with them that I had been diagnosed with breast cancer on this date five years ago. It is a lot to take in when you get a diagnosis, and then you have to call your girlfriends with the news. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Join me as I visit with Mia Voss, Janine Cameron, and Jane Roan, three rock star friends who have supported me like no other. Hey everybody, welcome to the premiere episode, the very first podcast ever of The Boob Report. I am so incredibly excited to have you guys join us. Um, I am honored and may start crying midway through this. I have three amazing women who have been with me since the beginning. Uh, from when I found out that I needed to have a biopsy to see if I had breast cancer and then making that God awful phone call to each one of them to let them know that, yes, I did have breast cancer. So I wanted to have them with me on this podcast, this initial one to launch everything because to me, having a tribe and having people there to support you and love you is the most important thing a person can have. Family is amazing. A spouse is amazing. A significant other is amazing. But having a tribe of people, men, women, whatever, is probably one of the greatest gifts you can have. So I wanted to introduce each one of them. And I'm just going to kind of, since we look like the Brady Bunch right now, I'm going to shoot over to Mia real quick. And this is Mia Voss, who I have known. God, Mia, how long have we known each other? I think 2014. That was our date. Really? Yes. Really? Because yes, I met you at a, a networking event in February of that year. Yes. See? Yes. Gotcha. You actually met Prince Charming first. I did. Yes. And we hit it off. For the, like and you guys <laughs> going forward. Yeah. Going forward in the podcast, you guys will know, uh, just need to know that Prince Charming is my amazing husband, Brett. So, uh, and there's a story behind that. We'll cover that at some point, but, uh, yeah. So Mia is, um, she has her own podcast and we'll, we'll cover that a little bit later, but I do want to make sure that you guys know about that because it is amazing. I listen to it on a regular basis and it's just, it's, it's got some great information in there. So next we're going to move on down to, uh, my girl, Janine Cameron, who is my Buffalo girl. She is, um, words cannot begin to describe how amazing she is and how, um, I depend on her quite a bit. Uh, my voice is going to shake occasionally, but, um, yeah, she is, Janine and I are going to have a little bit to share in this podcast of, um, of how I was so terrified to let her know what was going on. So we are going to have a raw, real moment between Janine and I here shortly. So welcome, Janine. Thank you. <laughs> we appreciate you being here. And last but certainly not least is the amazing Jane. She is someone that I strive to be. She is the youngest woman I know in spirit and, and in just attitude and everything. She loves life and, and does what she needs to do. And she has been an incredible rock for me as well. Thank you. Welcome, Jane. Thank yeah. you. It's an honor to be here. Yes. So um, 
this is going to be fly by the seat of our pants, ladies, because there's no script. I wanted this to be raw and real and just tossing things out there. So um, I think that what I really wanted to touch base on is what a struggle it is for friends, the tribe, when they get that phone call, that the person that they hang out with, that they spend time with, um, that they you know share their secrets with has called them and said, I have breast cancer. So um, I'll let any one of you guys jump in as to what the hell you were thinking when I called you to let you know what was going on. Well, I, I will jump in because I, what's interesting in talking about this before you hit the record button is thinking about what it took for you to make that phone call. Because I, in some ways I always just think about being the receiver of it, what can I do? But that, and I, and I could tell by your voice when you made that call um, mm -hmm. that it was so difficult. And then my reaction was incredulity. I was like, wait, no, like it mm -hmm. just, and it, it does hit you like a ton of bricks. So to be the person to, to give that to your friend too, and, and feeling that responsibility of now you've shared this pain with them. And I was definitely, it was I'm like, mm -mm, nope, <laughs> not happening. <laughs> So I had a little pushback moment when you, yeah. when you let me know, because we'd been talking about it, but you just, you do feel like, oh, it's going to be fine. Just, it's kind of how you, how you put it in your head. So, but I can imagine, yeah, how difficult that was. And yes, Janine is that one friend. You're like, I'm not calling that one friend <laughs> because you, you just love us so fiercely. <laughs> yeah, that was, well, I think for me, and it, this was something that I, I, had to learn to deal with was I didn't want to be the person that caused the look on my friend's face. Mm. You know, when you say, Oh, I have breast cancer, mm. the look on their face. Mm. And then, you know, you kind of have an idea of what they're feeling and you're like, God, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person that yeah. causes that. Yeah. So that, that was what the struggle was for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can, I, can, I can definitely feel that. Go ahead, Jane. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk next because I think, um, I think it is different. The situation that you have in the conversation with Janine is different than uh, some of your other mm -hmm. friends. So, you know, I knew that you were going to have the biopsy and all that kind of stuff. And of course, being some being closer to your mom's age than your age, I think that I, it's, you know, I just figured, well, you're so young, you know, this is just going to be one of those routine things and they'll do a little thing, you know, and no big deal. Um, so then when uh, you told me, and even just the way that you told me, it was like, I said, well, how did it turn out? And you said, well, it wasn't what we'd hoped, where I think most women I know would have, first of all, been hysterical and mm -hmm. just like freaking out. I have breast cancer, I have breast cancer. And it seemed to me that through this whole thing, you have been more concerned about how it's going to affect somebody else than how it affected you. Mm -hmm. And um, so my immediate reactions, well, it was really a mishmash of stuff, but one, almost guilty because so five years ago, I was 72 minus five. You can figure that out. But um, <laughs> it's like, that's not fair for me to, for, for, it to not, for it to be you and not me. So there mm -hmm. was, you know, because you're, you were not even 50. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. uh, so that was, you know, that was a big part of it. And then I think the biggest um, part going forward was just feeling incredibly helpless because you're right. It's like, well, call me if you need help. But even though, you know, you were right next door in Bailey, there's, 
there's just such a helpless feeling. I can't make it go away. I can't make you not be in pain. Mm -hmm. It's just a super, super helpless feeling. And, yeah. and then when you're talking now about how you didn't want to be the one to, to upset your friend, see, that's the whole deal. It's like, it was never about you. Mm -hmm. And so then I get all choked up and stuff, but I would say that the bottom line emotions for me were guilt and helplessness. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we, uh, we said it was going to be real. So, um, we also said we were going to do wine because it was the premiere episode and I've got to take a sip real quick or I'm, I'm going to start crying. I know I'm already there. Okay. Cheers. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, cheers ladies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So um, now we move on to, and this, this is where it might get really raw because Janine and I have had several conversations about this since um, I met Janine years ago uh, when I had first met uh, Brett, my Prince Charming. So um, Janine and I met and we just clicked. We just absolutely clicked. And we've been friends for going on 17 years, we've been friends. Yeah. And I just had come to depend on her and love her and, you know, just um, want to be there for her whenever I could. And it, for some reason, I still, to this day, my dear friend have no explanation why I just had the hardest time telling you, I, I can't explain it. I really can't. I mean, I can't. I can't answer for you, you know, but, um, you know, for me, like when I got the call, I, I really don't remember the call. I gotta be honest with you. I feel like I was just kind of, you know, um, it was shocking to me. Cause I was like, wait a minute, what, wait, what, How, like, where did this come from? Like kind of thing, you know, and just felt like, um, you know, once you told me why, you know, you didn't, you know, tell me right away, uh, you know, then I got mad. Mm -hmm. You know, because I was like, you know, listen, we are friends. Like, this is what happens. You know, like if I need you, I don't care if it's two o'clock in the morning, I'll be like, Michelle, this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you like held that for me, it, it wasn't anything to do with um, like how much we love each other as friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you told me why I felt kind of bad because I was like putting all my stuff out there because I was so comfortable with you, mm -hmm. but that you couldn't do that to me. Yeah. I told you raw and real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It, um, and, and I, I do sweetie, there is a, a very big part of me that regrets that I just, um, I am my mother's daughter. I I'm the, the, uh, caregiver. And, um, and, and, you know, in episodes going forward, we will talk about this. Um, I never really the first, you know, several months accepted the fact that I, that I had breast cancer and I was more concerned with everyone in my circle and taking care of them. Uh, one thing that I did struggle with, and, um, if I can get my Prince Charming to be on an episode of the podcast is that I really felt like I let my family down. And, and talking to my therapist, um, that's normal for women because women feel like they have to be, 
you know, the, the rock, the caregiver, the, you know, they're going to take care of everything. They can't, um, be weak. They have to be strong for the entire family union as, as well as their friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think you guys will agree that that's, that's pretty common for women. Yeah. Well, plus you're a mom, you know what I mean? So there's just a, you know, there's just a different take on things and you are, you are a nurturer, you are a caregiver, you care about everybody, which is, you know, amazing. But, you know, what I would say to women who are listening to this is that, you know, your friends will, will drop everything to help you. It doesn't matter what is happening in our lives because what you're going through is just way more serious. You know, I mean, we're going to be there for you. We're going to, we're going to help you any way that you can. You just don't be afraid to reach out to your tribe. That's it. You know, even from a, you know, I made, um, I went to Michelle's family's house for, uh, Thanksgiving and, uh, like I was, I really couldn't even look at her sometimes because she was so out of it. (laughs) I mean, just like, you know, and she has no recollection of Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, uh, Brett and I cooked Thanksgiving dinner and it was amazing. That was delicious. And we just watched movies and hung out and Michelle, that Thanksgiving just doesn't even exist in in her book. And so, you know, seeing that, um, you know, the other thing I will say is like, after she got the diagnosis and she went through what she was going through, you know, she still stayed tough. <laughs> still stayed tough. <laughs> and I call her and I'd be like, Hey, how's it going? Whatever. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm this, I'm that. And I'm like, what, what, what is happening over there? Because this is a Mia, that was for you. Famous line. Thank you. <laughs> what is happening? Um, but you know, she's still, went through this phase of don't worry about me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I said to quite a few of our mutual friends, you know, she's, she's, she's going to crash. She, it is going to hit her. Mm -hmm. And we, we just have to be there because she, there's no reality for her right now. Like it's, you know, I can't imagine going through that and that kind of a traumatic experience. And, I probably wouldn't, I don't think that Michelle wasn't dealing with it. It was just like, it's over. I'm, I I've had the surgery and now I'm going to put, I'm going to just get back into the swing of things right. without dealing with the emotion of everything that has truly happened over the last year. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll add to that. Social conditioning is a huge piece of that for, for women and certainly women that are in our age range and uh, the, the word just more like tough it out, just the, mm-hmm. the, whole, the whole thing. Yeah. Everything's fine. And I, I do think that this message is great to go along with kind of this new rise up of, of self-care mm-hmm. of it being radical and it being not just this cute little thing about the cucumbers on the eyes in a spa date, but literally getting enough sleep, acknowledging what's going on, asking for help. And yeah, I'd say women were, it's like a badge, this weird badge of honor. Like I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you do have to have the friends that be like, what's happening? Yeah. What's what happening? Is, what is happening? Well, in <laughs> she- that. Jane, I wanted to ask you because a little bit of a different age group, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, of women, because I know my mom is the same way. My mom is literally, she literally had a heart attack, you know, uh, taking care of her family and taking care of the yard and making the house nice and all of that. So as to me, as point, it is sort of preconditioned for women, but I think in different age groups, things have started to change a little bit. 
Yeah, you know, um, I kind of think that I, my, um, a lot of my formative years were really, or like, you know, young womanhood stuff was really at the time when um, women's rights were really coming to the forefront. And so I feel like me taking care of myself um, has never been a problem. <laughs> and um, so I think that, you know, women who are slightly older than I am, and interestingly, women who are much younger than I am, somehow, it's like, no, in the 70s, it was like, pay attention here. I need this, this, and this. So I, I really, wow. I don't think I fall into that same category. But, right. um, but you know, I think that, I think uh, Mia's exactly right. I think there is a certain um, conditioning, but I think that that conditioning with Michelle is on steroids because <laughs> when she's hooked up to all these things and taking meds and all that, it's still it's still, oh, let me get you a cup of coffee, Jane, you know, that kind of thing. So I think that um, hopefully other women who are listening to this who have that mindset can take a little bit of a step back. And you know what it is? It's allowing your friends mm -hmm. and your tribe to help you. It's allowing yes. that because they want to. And um, so that's just a little thought that I had there. It's just really letting them yeah. something that they want yeah. to do. Yeah. Well, that just had a memory pop in my mind. Uh, Mia was up at the house and um, she came up quite a bit, you know, after I got my diagnosis, which was really awesome. And we had yeah. dinner and Prince Charming and I, we were cleaning up the kitchen and I was loading the dishwasher. And <laughs> remember this Mia? And yes. Brett was like, babe, I'll get this, I'll get this. And I'm like, honey, just, can I just do it? Cause next week after next week, I'm not going to be able to do it for a while. Uh -oh. I, I just, something yeah. as simple as loading the right. dishwasher right. was yeah. incredibly important to me. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I, I do remember that, but yes. and that was, that, that was a good way to come back at it too, of like, no, this is what, what I need to do. And I, I wanted to add this as well. This is the letting, um, nothing is more satisfying though, than your friends letting you help them. Mm -hmm. And you having that moment when you bring them the right, just the right thing. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, like as us, you know, different versions of caregivers, there is something so sweet about that. So working on, on the allowing, yes, enunciating what you need, which was brilliant as well. And then also, Hey, I want to bring you something. And we were, we touched on it. The, um, can I help? Can I do anything? Just one being just going ahead and, and doing things and then having your friend allow you to do that. Cause I had a friend that recently, his wife died very suddenly. And I have to tell you, one of the, the best things was when I said, can I come up and help you? Cause it, it, like, just go through her closet. And he said, yes. And I, I cannot tell you like how much just that simple act and him allowing it um, to be helped was just so important for, I, I think for him. And then, yeah, as the friend, I felt useful. <laughs> Yes. Cause it's, you know, you, honestly, you don't know what to say. No, you know, I, I mean, even when I was, uh, there were women who in our community up in Bailey who were diagnosed with breast cancer after I was, and you get that, you know, initial call and stuff. And, and, you know, just coming from the point that you guys were at, sometimes you just don't know what to say. So if you can just do something, if you can perform an action or, you know, some sort of act of kindness for them, that really helps you as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. And Michelle, remember we were talking about asking, Yeah. right? Hey, do you need some help? Whatever, you know, right. um, I think 
when, and this was a good lesson for me, which was, you know, when you were going through that, I was asking, do you want, do you need some help? You know, what do you need? You're like, no, no, no. And I should have just said, you know what, um, I'm coming over and here's what I'm doing. Yeah. It was not a matter of asking you. And I didn't know, you know, I, I really believe that you were, I didn't, well, I didn't believe that you were like back on track, but I also, I didn't know how to help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know how to have, you know, I, part of me was like, you know, should I have reached out to Brett, you know, and talked to Brett and said, I feel like, uh, she's not really dealing with this or are they already talking about it as a couple, you know, like there's this like kind of fine line of how far do you want to get into someone's life? If they're not, if they're not offering it. Right. right. You don't want to be intrusive. It's, it's a balance. Right. Yeah. Is. Well, I will tell you something interesting on that point. Um, a very sweet woman in our community up in Bailey set up a, one of those meal plan things yeah. through one of the apps. And so people were bringing food over. Well, my husband deals with things, you know, um, by cooking, that's how he relieves his stress. So that, you know, that act of kindness, which was amazing. And it was so sweet for them to do that really stressed him out because he wanted to cook. He wanted to do the meals and things like that to get through everything. And so we had to figure out that balance mm -hmm. and he was very sweet. He reached out to her. He said, Hey, here's the thing. And she was like, not a problem. And she shut it down. She explained it to everybody. Everybody was amazing about it. But as a man, he had no problem speaking up and saying that right. and saying right. what he needed. Right. Mm-hmm. As women, we got to learn how to do that a little oh, better, no. right? We would have been freezing the macaroni and cheese or feeding it to the dog. We would not have, you know, tell people. Right. He'd still have leftovers. <laughs> yes. Yes. Five years later, still got stuff in the freezer. <laughs> right. Um, no. And I, and I think that's amazing. I think, you know, I, at first when he told me that I was like, oh my God, did you offend them? And then I thought, you know what? No, that's what he needed. That's what he needed to say. Why can't I do that? Mm -hmm you know? Mm -hmm. So, and I think it goes back to that whole thing. Like Mia said, it's the preconditioning thing of being a woman. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to cause waves. You're supposed to be grateful and not necessarily speak up for what you really need. Mm -hmm. yeah. A fault yeah. to your detriment, which is the absolute opposite of, of what you need, but that's a muscle mm -hmm. and, and it's sneaky too. It can be super sneaky. You're like, nah. And then you realized, oh my gosh, the words that are coming out of my mouth or that thing too, of like not wanting to offend someone when they're trying to help. But then on the flip side, you're appalled if you were doing something that somebody really didn't want. And people are like, oh, you wish you would have told me. So I didn't say anything. So it's kind yeah, of- Yeah, this communication. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big theme here for this first mm -hmm. episode. Well, I think so for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um I think for me, the important thing is with this, this podcast and, and going forward is getting that information out to women. I mean, there's no right or wrong way to go through this. Um, there's just so many levels of stress, of guilt, of pain, of, you know, how am I going to do this? How am I going to take care of that? Mm -hmm. And figuring out how you're going to lean on people to, to make all of that happen. So, um, I, I think big picture, it would be awesome for if, if you guys wouldn't mind sharing, looking back on it, if you could have done things differently, 
or if you wanted to do things differently, maybe sharing a little bit of that, I think would be helpful. What do you guys think? I would have moved in. Okay. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> I would have been like, what do I need to do? Where's my bedroom? Yeah. And where am I staying? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I think that I would have, uh, uh, like Janine mentioned earlier, I would not have just said, Hey, um, here are the things that I, because I did say to Brett and Michelle, I'm the person that is fine doing the dirty work. You want me to, you know, take the dogs for a walk, take the dogs for a walk or come and do your laundry or whatever. I should have just gone over and said, where's the laundry? Where's the dog? You know, just, just go over and do it and not, not wait for permission. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's something that definitely, I would say even, even, you know, do more of what I did. And then also, I think this happens a lot with people that have uh, illnesses or tragedies, the thing happens, there's the event, and then it, it's when you really need it the most is kind of that long haul after yeah. in that recovery. Um, and so that more of the, the follow-up because like, ah, you know, it's, it's been a couple months or weeks because I know you also struggled with some intense pain mm-hmm. uh, for quite a while. And, and I would, I would say also that the biggest thing I've learned with several friends that have gone through cancer this year too, is, is how much you do need that outside set of ears uh, for, for somebody to go, Hey, I don't feel weird because you're just, you're just sitting in your own world, mm-hmm. but people outside of you can say, gosh, that's been happening for several weeks. Maybe you should take a look at it. And I've really found like having extra, extra people to help you process it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Important. Well, and I think going back to it too, like you guys were saying, um, beforehand communication is key because after going through the initial surgery, um, you know, there was a lot of pain and then I had the implants and, um, I didn't really talk to a whole lot of people. I'm, I'm, I know it's people who know me find it a little difficult to think that I do like keeping some things private. I'm pretty open about a lot of things. I try to be as transparent as possible, but if I feel like I'm failing, failing Mm -hmm. because I was in pain, um, I thought that that was normal Mm -hmm. for me to feel that way, to Mm. not be able to lift my left arm all the way up anymore, to have that nerve damage on the left side, um, because I didn't have to do chemo or radiation. So I need to keep my mouth shut because I'm not having to deal with as much as this woman over here is, Wow, you know? So, uh, again, conditioning for women, you know, uh, men aren't like that men, men are like, I'm hurting. What the hell? You know, I need something needs to be done here. So yeah. Yeah. I have and, a cold. And, so the work yeah. has to stop. Yes. <laughs> but you know, Michelle, I, I think, I think there's another, uh, another piece to that for you because you had never been in the hospital. You know, no. some of us had been in and out of the hospital and had stitches and done this and that. And so you didn't, you had no idea what to expect or what mm-hmm. to to plan for, um, you know, if you've had, you know, I mean, I've been stitched up all different ways. And so um, I, I would have more of an idea of, okay, I need somebody to come and do the laundry or somebody to load the dishwasher or whatever. But yeah, you, that was, that's pretty incredible to have been almost 50 and not have ever had been hospitalized. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think, I mean, Mia, Janine, have you guys ever spent the night in the hospital or had, you know, 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I had been really only once and in 2015. So yeah, I'd gotten to almost 50 at that point of not having major surgery. And, and it's a, it's a good point too, Jane. And I, I have an episode about medical gaslighting on my podcast. And I, I would say, you know, just not being believed in addition to not knowing the questions to ask right. is a huge issue. And it's a huge yeah. issue uh, with women. It's a huge issue in the black and brown community. They're, mm-hmm. We're not being listened to. They're definitely um, not being heard of like, no, that's normal. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think that questioning of thing, which isn't it naturally innate in men, it really to a fault. Yes. Sorry guys, but yeah. pump your brakes there a little bit, but no, but, but, but just being able to question say, is, is this normal? Because you don't even know what questions to ask if you don't have that experience. So, so very true. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Janine brought up the point that she came and, and cooked Thanksgiving dinner for us. That was literally eight days after my surgery, I was still between the painkillers and trying to come off the anesthesia. Um, I don't remember that. I don't remember her being there. I don't remember eating. Um, And that was the full mastectomy, right? Yeah. That was the, they just went, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was only in the hospital for 36 hours. Crazy. So yeah. And then Jane, uh, we were living next door to each other at the time, her and her husband, Bruce came over, um, the weekend after. So I had my surgery on, um, Wednesday and they came over on Saturday. Uh, I mean, I hope I was a good hostess, but yeah, can't remember that at all. No, Listen to you. I hope I was a good hostess. Really? <laughs> I know. I know. Thank heavens you were. Yeah. You weren't offensive at all. <laughs> I mean, I hope, you know, I hope I wasn't, I don't know, you know, walking around the house naked, who knows, you know, I <laughs> just sitting there, whatever, but yeah, I mean that I had never been under anesthesia before. I had never taken that powerful of painkillers before. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, literally I lost 10 days mm-hmm. of time, right? Lost them I, flashes of memory here and there. I remember my daughter helping me put my shoes on when I was sitting in the wheelchair when they were discharging me. But I mean, it's like a flash. It's just little flashes of things that are here and there. But yeah, I mean, I had no idea what I was going to be going through post-surgery. None. And to that point, Mia, when you say, well, this is normal and this is normally what happens with people, everybody's different you know, what I experienced would be totally different yeah. than what Mia would experience or, or Janine or Jane. We're four different mm-hmm. individual women and we're not going to experience things the same way. Mm-hmm. Yet it is normalized in that medical community, uh, especially with females. I mean, this just the, the lack of research for women is, is staggering as well. So then that, that normalizing um, piece is, is really to a detriment as well, because it's like, oh my gosh, you, you, you're not questioning it at all. And that's such a great point that people don't think about. Um, you just hear the, the cancer uh, piece, and then you hear about the treatment, which could be the radiation or the chemo. But since you didn't have that, that was kind of an unusual thing. It just went right to that very, you know, crazy, crazy extreme surgery. Mm-hmm. But then again, you don't think about that recovery. I do remember telling you, because I remember from my own thing of like, those drugs are going to make you not poop. Yeah. Start taking some fiber, right? Because those drugs are so crazy. I mean, yeah, constipation with, you know, a whole chest pain. Yeah. 
Right. So, but it's just things you don't, you don't think about. You don't think about, and you don't, you know, they're like, well, you know, here's the pain level here. And again, everybody's different. I have an extremely high tolerance for pain, but I have a very low tolerance for pain medication. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't take no offense to Tylenol or Excedrin, but I can't take the PM version, the night version of it to help you sleep or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't take Benadryl makes me hallucinate. Mm-hmm. Not so, a big party girl, are you? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm very different. And the funny thing is, and you guys remember this, I went through a cleanse, no alcohol, no soda, no caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through a total cleanse before my surgery mm-hmm. and then they put me on all these painkillers. And once the painkiller stopped, I went through withdrawal. Oh, literally well, yeah, went through yeah. 72 hours of withdrawal. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, that was. Bad. And they're so intense. And I, I do remember that from my thyroid surgery of being yeah. on these drugs and got home. I'm like, I don't want to be on this because I was so high. I didn't right. even realize how high it was. And they were laughing at me. They're like, oh, you're super high. Yeah. Like your club kid pupils high right now. <laughs> and then the, the come off of that and not be used to that. I mean, that's something to definitely talk about and educate people on what to expect because you don't know what to ask. It's, it's amazing what the lack of information out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Or questioning, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. Mine was the, uh, that I felt like my skin was peeling off. I could not scratch my skin hard enough. Oh my God. So, yeah. It oh. was, um, it was intense. I mean, my eyes were glazed over. I know my mom had headed back to Texas. She had been there the whole time. And, um, God love her. You know, she was there taking care of stuff, doing things. And, uh, that's how she dealt with my daughter has breast cancer. She's Mm. having to have a bilateral mastectomy. Um, but when she left later that day, that's when I just, oh my God, I was just lashing out my, I was just scratching and Brett looked at me and my eyes were just glazed over and he's like, okay, this is, this is not right. This isn't good. Mm-hmm. And so he called the surgeon and she's like, she's going through withdrawal. So, <sighs> yeah. So she was like, she was very apologetic. She said, you know, you did everything right. And then we pumped you full of this medication, mm-hmm. you know, these painkillers. So it's, I, I, you're right, Mia, you have to speak up. You have to talk to your doctors. So you have hard. to you know, I mean, there has to be a laundry list of questions that you ask, and this is where your support group comes in. If you Mm -hmm. don't have a significant other, um, you know, a husband, um, you you bring in your BFF, Mm -hmm. you bring in somebody so that they can ask the questions. Right. And record it if you need to. Yeah. Write things down, record it. It's because even so much info, it's so much info. That's right. And, and even as the person, uh, that's, that's not going through it, you're taking it in as well. So you almost do need to record it and ask questions and, uh, and then be okay with not getting it the first time. I swear with the pandemic, I have to consume everything twice right now. So oh, yeah. you know, let alone add in that trauma because, because it's, tra- it's trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stressful. it is. It absolutely is. And I think, you know, with doing this podcast again, I'm so grateful for you ladies to join me because with the topics that we've talked about, we've opened the door for so many different episodes that we can cover because Mm -hmm. that, you know, that is my main mission with the boob report is that no woman's journey is the same. You know, every journey is different. 
of what they experience, the pain, you know, the, um, the trauma, mm-hmm. how they deal with it. There is no right or wrong way. I, I think for me, I struggled with, you know, I, I would get the uh, initial response from somebody, oh, well, you know, so-and-so that I worked with had cancer and man, she had her bilateral mastectomy and she was back at work in 72 hours. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it's not the same for everyone. What has happened? What, what, wow. Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. You know, I'm and watching Janine come unglued hearing that one. Yeah. yeah because like, it's wait, just what? like, 70, who's, like who, who is that person? And who, I would like her phone number. So and I would calling. like five years later, I want to call and beat their ass, yeah. you know, <laughs> retroactively. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I think that, you know, sometimes people are, they're thinking they're helping when they're yeah. telling you this, but what they're doing is they're setting that bar so high that, you know, you feel like a, failure if you experience something differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think that's, I, yeah. I, I, that's just me. I mean, tell me if you guys think something differently. No, because you want to be, I mean, deep down, we've a lot of us have been conditioned to be that good girl as well. And part of that is to be a great patient, come out. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's where I stand on that one. Right. You got to see Janine do it, <laughs> but uh, it, it truly, truly is. There's, and that's where I'm saying it's sneaky because mm-hmm. we be very, you know, upfront and out loud. And then there's these sneaky little things. It's like, well, I, I'm going through the same thing with uh, a doctor right now that I keep asking them to send the reports. And so if I just let it go, mm-hmm. um, it would just sort of fly by. And so I'm still in the middle of that. of like, what is happening? You've been faxed it twice, but there's part of me that's like, oh, Am I going to get like in Seinfeld when, when, uh, <laughs> when she got in trouble, what's her name? Yeah. Uh, Elaine. Elaine got in trouble when they were like writing on her record, like difficult yeah. patient. Yeah. yeah. There's a fear of that as well. And so you just literally have to be delegaph. Do I look like I give up? Yeah. If you're mad at me because I'm yeah. asking for what I need. It's not easy though. It's not. It's not. Well, I, I do have one last question, which is uh, when Mia and I stayed over, when we woke up in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, we took a picture of the back of our head. <laughs> Remember, Mia? So, bedhead. Yeah, who had the better bedhead? Yeah, the bedhead. Yeah. <laughs> it was That's... definitely Mia. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to it make you like feel badly. Like but... to the back of your head. Oh, just... my God. My my dad would be like, remember when I was a kid, like, what have been rats been fighting in your head? <laughs> what is happening here? It is nationwide known. So thank you. That was one of my favorites. That's right. Uh-huh. We had a little sleepover. <laughs> I will tell you that brings up a very good point of um, sometimes people don't feel like they should laugh about it or have a sense of humor. And mm. that is the one thing that really helped me with the three of you. And, um, because we all have our own little sick and twisted, you know, sense <laughs> of humor, which that's why the three of us are friends. Um, but I still have the little picture that Jane drew me, uh, on the post-it note of, I will give you my fat because I thought about having the fat from my tummy up towards my boobs. So I still have that on my little bulletin board over. <laughs> Right. Uh-huh. I think you take it all from all of us. You'll have like, you know, yeah, you'd be yeah. just fine. Yeah. 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 She'd be like, so. I think, I, I think it was an anatomically correct drawing or something, wasn't it? I don't, yeah, it was, awesome. it's, it's very good stick people. I got to tell you, it's very good stick people, but you know, I think that that was the key for me is yeah. that you guys uh, provided that 
sense of comic relief, if you will. You know, um, you all know my husband very well. He has a very twisted sense of humor. Um, and uh, we were able to laugh about stuff. You know, I, I, going back to that, I just, you know, I got the news and I was like, okay, what's next? Let's check this off the calendar. We're moving on. We're scheduling with the surgeon. We're doing this. We're doing that. Well, three days in, I literally dropped my phone in the toilet and scooped it up, threw it on the floor, screaming and yelling, cussing like a sailor, sailor, losing my mind, tears streaming everywhere. And Brett comes into the bathroom and he's looking at the phone and he's like, hmm, okay. You get a diagnosis of breast cancer three days ago. You're all good. You drop your phone in the toilet and you lose your shit. Yeah. Good to know, <laughs> you know? So I, I think that just being able to have that release and laugh about it occasionally, um, when you're ready it yes. is also very helpful as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm getting silence. Tell me a joke. Yes. Oh. Yes. That's true. Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. We agree. You can't see us all going. Mm. Uh-huh. I don't, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely. all good. It comes out in different ways. Yeah. Humor is humor is definitely the best. And, and you can feel a, a little hesitant. Like, is this inappropriate? <laughs> that, well, my friends know, you all know, like, no, that's appropriate. Yeah. But, um, but it does kind of shake you loose from, from that. Right. From like a little bit of like in, in just tiny little ways mm-hmm. kind of shakes you up and get you out of it a little bit. So, yeah. Well, and I think having that sense of humor and projecting it onto other people lets them know that it's okay right. to joke about things. Um, yes. Yes. For my you. Son, that's right. Yeah. My son was away at college when, um, when I got the diagnosis and we told our daughter, well, actually my husband and my daughter heard it on the phone. That's a whole nother episode on the speakerphone. Um, but we had got to the point where we could joke about it a little bit, you know, we can make a little side quip or, you know, whatever. Uh, when we went to tell my son, um, we told him and his initial shock and we were, uh, you know, it's okay. It's okay. You know, here's what we're doing. This is the process. And then further into the conversation, my daughter would say something funny or my husband would, and just the look of shock and horror on my son's face. And we're like, okay, he's not there yet. <laughs> we gotta, you know, we got to ease him into it. So yeah, it's, um, it, it oh, is a process. <laughs> yeah, it is a process. Cause I mean, literally he looked like he was about to burst into tears. So I'm like, Oh honey, I'm fine. I'm fine. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. fine. I'm fine. You just told him you had breast cancer. Like, I know, I know, but it just, uh, <laughs> oh. it's, it's, it's all a process. Again, no right or wrong way to go through it. You just, you know, you stumble along and sometimes you take a step back and you just laugh and you're like, all right, whatever. Mm. Yeah. Very humbling, right? Yes. Yes. You know, look at your beautiful, badass self now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Got a, you know, got a new set of boobs and, you know, got my awesome boob report t-shirt, which, uh, you know, we'll talk more about that on future episodes, but, uh, Yeah. I just, um, I don't think I'd be where I am and I wouldn't have the courage to move forward with the boob report if I didn't have the three of you. So that's why it was so important for me to have you guys here on this, uh, very first premiere podcast to just really launch things and get things going. I think that was cathartic for us. (laughs) I think there's the stuff we haven't talked about since that, you know what I mean? Even in our history as friends, like those are stories, but we haven't actually 
talked about that. So this was, you just witnessed some catharsis folks. Yes. Which that, you know what, that is the point we're setting the stage for future podcasts for people, um, for guests that I will be having to just really put it out there so that other women can, you know, listen to this and hopefully know that it's, you know, it's okay to not know what to feel or not know what to do. It's okay. You just, you got to reach out and ask questions, talk to people. And, you know, if you need a good cry, cry. Yes. Cry. Ugly cry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Ugly cry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't allow myself to do that. And I Mm -hmm. will tell you that, that, uh, that caused a lot of stress for me, a lot of pain. And, um, I do not recommend it. I cry. Good God cry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, all right, ladies, I think we did it. I think we, we did, did this first podcast. Yeah. Got it in the can. Yeah. We got that it. Out. It was awesome. I, well, we have Mia here who's very experienced, who has her own very amazing podcast, which Mia, I would like for you to talk about that just real quick. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, um, and, and I, I love that it's encouraging you to do a podcast because I started mine last year. And it's an idea that I sat on for a while as well. And it's called Shit We Don't Talk About. And the, the topics are is so wide ranging because there is so much that we're not talking about. This whole, that past 45 or 40 minutes, we just spent a lot of that as stuff we're not talking about as well. So yes, so it's everything from breast cancer, suicide, OCD, uh, oh my gosh, that we talked about medical gaslighting, racial justice. There's just so many different things that we may think they're being talked about, but not enough and not openly. So- That's what I'm doing, but it, it took a while to, to say, oh my gosh, these, they, they, even if there's not that many people listening, you just know you've got to get that message out there. So thank you, sis. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you saying Absolutely. That. And you, you never know who's listening, like you said. So, uh, and we will have information for uh, Mia's podcast in the show notes. So you guys will be able to click on that. Um, she's a rock star. I listen to it when I'm doing my walks. So yeah. Thank you. Honey. Yeah. Thank you for supporting the podcast also. I saw. Oh, that. yes. Yes. <laughs> of course. Of course. So, um, so I want to thank you ladies. Um, I'm going to give each one of you just a chance. If there's anything you want to say, any advice you want to toss out there, just anything, we'll leave it open, whatever you want to get off your chest, so to speak. <laughs> I see what you did. Yes, I do. <laughs> no, I'm just thankful that you're doing this. Yeah. I mean, you know, going through this as your friend, you know, and not knowing what to do. And, you know, the fact that you're, you're giving women an opportunity to really reach out to their friends and let them know that it's okay. And the fact that you've been there, done that, that's just, that's really important. You know, it's hard, it's hard to give people advice when you, when you haven't been there, but you've been there. And so, you know, I'm really looking forward to your future podcasts um, and, uh, you know, see what else you guys uh, end up talking about. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and I think it's important to encourage women who are going through uh, a breast cancer journey to um, ask their friends to sit in on the podcast. It's not just for them. Their friends will get as much out of it or more, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. yes. if, you know, not feel as helpless. Yeah. I love that. You're right. Just, just sharing that out. So listening to this and, and this, this speaking up, like we were saying, it, it can be really difficult. And also that everybody's journey is different. What an important piece. 
to tell people because we just, you know, yes, there's pink ribbons everywhere and there's, there's so much what looks like a lot of attention to it, but not really specific information. So knowing that it's, that it's everybody's journey is different on it. Yeah. Sure. I think that's huge. Well, ladies, uh, words cannot express how much I love you guys and how much it means to me that you were able to join me for this premiere podcast. Um, there, there's going to be so much more going forward. And I look forward to in the future, the three of us getting back together and just sort of recapping after I get some podcasts under my belt and we cover some of the things that we talked about today, because there's a lot of information that I can take from this and make just have multiple recordings for podcasts going forward. So I really appreciate you guys really get it, girl. helping yes. me set the stage for being for women. So love you, love you guys, and uh, stay tuned for more episodes of the podcast. Can't wait. The- Bye. Wow. I am so honored that I have three such incredible women in my life. I hope you enjoyed this premiere episode as much as I did. I'm so excited to be able to share such incredible stories and experiences from survivors, caregivers, and more. Be sure to check the show notes for a recap of this episode, along with the link to check out Mia Voss's podcast, Shit We Don't Talk About. You will absolutely love that. Be sure to join us for our next incredible episode of The Boob Report, powered by Helix Interactive.